Great to see your face, hear your voice. Um, can you talk for just a couple seconds about what Vermont Glove was doing a month and a half ago <laughs> before all this strangeness started? Sure. So we're a cut and sew domestic manufacturer located in uh, rural Randolph, Vermont. And we, um, historically speaking, make uh, really awesome leather work gloves and utility gloves for uh, linemen workers and, um, and iron, iron workers and trade professionals. And when I took over ownership a couple years ago, uh, we started to leverage our position in the trade sector in order to um, be a consumer-facing, meaningful brand that uh, people um, and uh, consumers want to invest in. So um, we, we've been growing rapidly over the last two years, and we're a team of about 10 people. And um, about a month ago, we embarked on the transition to making face masks for uh, frontline healthcare workers and uh, other essential businesses across the country so how did that a, so, so how did that you know so you were you know just to sort of recap i mean you're you're making you know sized beautiful work gloves uh for a lot of you know tradesmen and professionals and then we're kind of getting into the outdoor space a bit um, getting some traction with press forward pr which was excellent um and then at some point who, how did that conversation start that like, hey, maybe we should start transitioning our manufacturing? I mean, did, was it just sort of something that happened simultaneously or did somebody come to you or how'd that go? Yeah, well, I'm a news uh, junkie, so I pay, pay a lot of attention to what's going on uh, internationally and nationally. And so I, I'd like to say that I was um, an early adopter of the severity of the coronavirus and I saw a little bit of writing on the wall in terms of how this was going to affect um, just day-to-day -day economies and one one sense being that uh, the stay at home um, stay in place order um, at that time I mean there's a possibility we could have made a claim that because we're a domestic manu small manufacturer and you know most of our employees can't work from home that we could try to stay operating as a glove manufacturer, but that, um, from a safety perspective, that didn't really resonate with me. I really wanted to make sure that we were keeping our employees safe. So we immediately said, we saw the thing coming um, and we said, all right, we're gonna start setting up home sewing studios uh, with industrial machines for our team at home. So if we, you know, if we do have to, uh, get away from each other, then um, we can at least still be making gloves. Uh, simultaneously, we were starting to get some phone calls um, from folks who are asking, thinking, you know, well, you're cutting so manufacturers, is there a possibility that you could retool? And I said, well, yeah, there is a possibility. So we started to prototype. And one of the reasons that I moved forward on that fast and early is because I had a fear or I was trying to get prepared for the National Defense Production Act to uh, to be enacted. So, um, and that would require us to ma manufacture on behalf of the um, federal government. So, you know, we said, well, at least if we can get going down the road of masks, we might have a little bit of control over what we get to manufacture. And that one is, you know, a lot easier. That's an easier product for us to transition to 
you know, we're, we've got highly skilled labor um, that's used to making, you know, possibly the most difficult product in the garment industry to manufacture. And that's, you know, heavy duty leather on industrial machines with really intricate designs and patterns and super short stitch runs. So, you know, I like to say, you know, we've got the best glove sewers in the world in our building. And so for them to transition to a rectangular um, uh, fabric product is, you know, it's a breeze for them. But with that said, we still didn't, for us to scale production on the mask manufacturing side, it does require us to be, you know, efficient and efficiency comes um, from, from having a really um, lean operation and being in the same building, you know, as few steps as possible from one step in the process to the next is, is all super important. Now, we were very committed to the safety of our employees because if, if one of us gets sick, then all of us are going to get sick and, and there's going to be no masks for anybody and, you know, the financial well-being of the business will be in a whole different um, uh, state. So we, we, we said, well, we, we got to stay committed to selling from home. Um, but one key to the operation is being able to cut in-house using our uh, big cutting machines and, and our clicker and die presses. So we have the ability to cut about 3,000 masks a day. And um, so then the bottleneck becomes sewing. And, you know, my team, while they can sew very quickly, it's, it's not enough to keep up with that cutting production. So, and it's certainly not enough to keep, keep up with the demand out there. And so we started bringing on uh, home sewers in, and, you know, some of which are volunteers and just want to be involved and help out and be a part of the process because they're stuck at home and going stir crazy. And some folks, it's an opportunity for them to bring in some income and we pay them by the piece. And, uh, so we have a network of about 80 home sellers across, across Vermont, you know, everywhere from Burlington to, well, you know, how house sells for us too, um, in Middlesex. And then we've got folks in, uh, Chelsea and Tunbridge and East Montpelier and Callis and, uh, Randolph, Barrie, uh, Bethel, Braintree. So it, it's, it's, it's been a really interesting and invigorating process, but it, it's extraordinarily hard to manage and we're being totally inundated yeah so you're getting inundated with orders are you so let's let's talk about the just about the um the transitioning first i mean you were talking about what it was taking to transition from making gloves to making masks just at the at your facility and it sounds like that i mean how, how long did that take to kind of get that plan in place and up and running where it was satisfactory well <laughs> nothing's ever satisfactory everything's always evolving Drew. but um i will say yeah we're, we're super nimble so we're a small company you know we and you know the buck stops with me and if i want to do something then um we we can transition quickly you know we, we make decisions fast so you know we don't have a board of directors that we have to you know pass things through um and you know our main thing was like we're, we're not trying to make a buck here and we had, you know, I was very sensitive to the fact that, okay, we need to balance, it's a balancing act between um, helping the communities in need, but also making sure we're looking out for ourselves and not cannibalizing our existing business. So one, um, you know, one thing that perhaps some buyers and purchasers of masks don't recognize 
is the fact that we can't do this for free. We have to, you know, a lot, we've got, gotten a lot of inquiries for donations and we have a ton of overhead. I mean, um, just our building in general, the equipment that it, that's in this building is designed for uh, a high value glove production. So it, it's not cheap. And then, you know, we've got workers' compensation, we pay livable wages. And the whole goal here is to keep our team off of unemployment and keep a little bit of cash coming in the door. With that said, we're not making a profit on this. It's more just to make ourselves whole so we can buy material, pay people, and, and keep our bills paid. So um, making the transition was relatively quick. Um, it was a little bit uh, clunky at first because we had to finish out existing glove orders. Um, but uh, now we've just we've finished all that now and we're full steam ahead on, on math. But uh, coordinating the network of home sewers was really interesting and that's still evolving. So initially we had hot pockets with team leads um, in each of these different various communities around rural Vermont. And uh, we'd have a coordinator, uh, um, someone dri driving products uh, to their door and picking up, doing everything all curbside as best we, you know, to, to keep that social distancing in order. And, that just became really, really overwhelming and uh, really hard to manage. And, you know, my phone was ringing off the hook for sewers and at, at that stage in the game. And uh, so we ended up building a drop bin outside of our facility. And now we keep that stocked with kits of 50 masks or 100 masks at a time. People can come grab their, their masks, they take them home. We ask them to have high turnover. So, Please don't take, you know, 500 masks and have them and then keep them in your house for two weeks sitting on your couch. You know, we're because we're taking orders every day. We're trying to, you know, keep the pipeline full and as well as fulfill every single day shipping, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred masks a day. So that, you know, we've started to streamline some things. But with that said, you know, it's not clear and it, as to how to set lead times for new new customers and new orders because we don't know what the turnaround time is for home sewers. They're not production workers. They're not used to, you know, sitting down and hammering from one piece to the next. You know, they may do a handful here then go on a walk then come back to a few more. And that's all great. And we owe them a huge thanks because we wouldn't be able to um, do the volume that we're doing without them. But I will say from a management standpoint um, and quoting lead times, uh, it's, it's extraordinary. It's just, uh, it's, it's, impossible. it's a whole, it's a whole new riddle of forecasting for sure. So wait, you're, you're making pickup kits of 50 mask, like raw material bundles. Um, and, and, and then putting those out to how many estimated sewers statewide right now? About 80. 80. And is that number going up or down or is it stable? Um, it ebbs and flows. Um, sure. You know, some people may take a week off and then, you know, just be like, yeah, I'm ready to get back at it. Or, um, you know, we may, you know, we brought on a handful of new ones today because I had a handful of folks, you know, drop off. So, and, and you know, that's totally respectable. It's, uh, we have a lot of retired um, folks who, you know, just want to have a hand in a community movement. Um, but, uh, you know, it, not, I don't, I'm not hedging all my bets and, you know, making sure everybody's grandmother can, um, can hammer out a thousand of these a week for me. So, right. um, and, and then it becomes, you know, 
we're trying, you got to make sure we're not overstepping on our, on our ask of people. You know, we're, we're manufacturers, so we understand scale and production and speed and time trials and all that. But, uh, you know, folks at home may not have that same perspective on how things are made. Um, you know, they're often crafters or quilters or knitters or, you know, folks who just like to work with their hands and build and create something. But, um, you know, they're, they're as a different mindset. And um, so we also, have, we, gotta, we just got to be careful about how we um, manage that and making sure that we're not asking too much of people, uh, especially as we are the ones who are dealing with the, the distribution and, and sales uh, channels for this. And yeah, you know, it's, it, it can, can be seen as a little bit of a conundrum uh, for someone to be sewing for me and then for me to be asking them to hurry up at, <laughs> at the same time as me selling the, the product that's coming off their machine. So uh, just a lot, a lot of sensitivity there and um, yeah, just try not to bite off more than we can chew. And um, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't underwater right now because I am, but uh, we're doing the best that we can. Um, working around the clock um, and trying our, to figure it out. Yeah, we're just trying to figure it out. And unfortunately, given the situation that we're in, uh, it's, it's a serious emotional toll on our on our team and on um, me personally. Um, getting calls from folks who, you know, some are very understanding of the predicament that we're in, being inundated with. You know, we're, we're 20, we've got 20,000 masks backordered right now. Um, that's where we're backlogged to. And, you know, we're going to stay committed to make sure we fulfill those. But we're also trying to be very transparent with new uh, inquiries that, look, you know, just because we were on, on the news the other night doesn't mean we just started taking orders. So, you know, we've got a lot in the pipeline. We're trying to prioritize hospitals and um, frontline workers over consumers. And then, you know, so if, unfortunately we do get a lot of hasty phone calls, um, you know, people screaming at us saying, what do you mean you're out of stock? You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm out of stock. That's what I mean. Right. <laughs> and, you know, folks will come pull into the dooryard here at the factory and they'll be banging on the door and we'll be like, look, we're not open to the public. You can't come in here. And they're like, well, I'm just looking for two masks. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to go through the website and there is a process here. And um, so that's, you know, that's very, that's hard. And, you know, I've got some business owners out there who have a lot of employees and are like, we're deemed essential. We need these ASAP. And I'm like, I understand that. But I also have, I just, you know, I also have a phone with a nurse who's bawling because she can't get any protective gear um, and is, you know, fighting to keep our, our family members and our loved ones alive. So that's, um, you know, that really hits home for me. And while we are getting accolades and for doing our part and transitioning and pivoting um, and, and being able to crank a good number of these out every day, uh, it's, it's, it's simply not enough. How does, so in terms of people joining the sewing network, um, do they register with you? I mean, I saw that you had a bunch of stuff on your website in terms of patterns and videos and things like that. Um, what, what is the process there? Yeah, so um, I guess, you know, uh, we're very 
we're, we're a small company. So like we don't have the systems and operations in place on the administrative side of the business to, um, to, to be able to handle this type of scale and growth, you know? So that's been one big challenge for me. It's, sure. you know, it's, it's my email, it's my phone that's ringing off the hook. Um, you know, the shop phone, it, it just rings and rings and rings and rings. And unfortunately, like our team members, our operations manager, Heidi, and our team lead, uh, Lauren, they handle a lot of order processing stuff when it comes to clubs. But this right here is, it's totally new. So they don't feel comfortable making claims as to when we can ship stuff. And, you know, when the pipeline is so full and we don't have clarity as to when stuff was going to get turned around, um, it, it, it really needs to be a conversation between me and the buyer. And so that, that's, that in itself is really hard to manage. Like we don't, you know, we're, we're like looking at putting in a, a, in a call center, you know, getting a relationship with a call center where they can manage our phone calls because sure. it's just getting crazy. But, you know, having somebody else answer the phone doesn't necessarily solve a whole lot of problems. You still have to return that call. So, um, that's become really challenging for us. And so I, you know, we were just, just on a VPR segment and uh, Vermont teddy bear was also on there. Um, and Bill Schuldice, the CEO, and they have a way, so they have a very similar program to us. They do 50, 50 unit kits for home sellers to come pick up, which is really interesting that, you know, we both organically came to the same model, but um, they, they have an, e, e, um, an entire, uh, email platform where you can sign up to become a home seller. And so we're working on trying to streamline and manage that a little bit better. But to date, it's really been, um, okay, uh, direct message Vermont Glove on Instagram or call Sam's brother, Miles. He's, you know, I mean, it's like the wild west. Yeah. It, it, it is so entrepreneurial. It, it'll make your skin crawl. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, but it is interesting. It sounds like there's almost a, you know, I was talking to a client friend the other day and he said he was almost sort of drowning in offers to help. And it kind of sounds like that's a little bit about where you are. I mean, there's, there's tons of interest as well as tons of people wanting to help. It's really, how do you organize it in a way that can be predictable, right? Yeah, you invest in one spot, you invest in the sewing level, and then you get bottlenecks somewhere else, whether it be procurement of material right. uh, or cutting of material, or you know, just making sure we're not set, we're not, we don't have all of all of our masks out in somebody else's hands where I could be like, where where then my team doesn't have anything to sew. <laughs> you know? Right, right. So, um, it yes, it, it's a ton of different management and. We, we, we don't really know because we don't really know what the market looks like. We don't know how big of investments we can make here because, you know, the second the big dogs get back to, uh, you know, scaling up and, you know, getting N95s back into the market and figuring all that out, our, our whole market could go thud and come to a screeching halt. So we'll, we would ideally not, we're not, we'd like to not have 20,000 masks on hand at the end of all this. <laughs> right. The, music, the, game, the game of musical chairs with masks a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, and, you know, frankly speaking, it, 
we'd love to get back to making gloves when the opportunity presents itself here. Um, but, you know, we're committed to the existing customers in the pipeline and um, we're doing our part. But yeah, I, I think I've probably um, aged 15 years in the last week. So um, you're still, you're still 10 years younger than me, even with the extra 15. <laughs> but uh well what you know i think there's um you know one of the things that keeps coming up in these conversations is that you know maybe when we get to the other side of this people will have a renewed uh appreciation for domestic manufacturers um and i don't know if you're are you picking that up at all as part of this yeah that's been one of the one of the most enjoyable aspects to this whole thing um it's like, oh, oh my God, all of a sudden sewing is cool again. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll have home Mac again. Um, <laughs> that's right. you know, and, and, you know, that's a big part of what I'm trying to do as a company. And, um, you know, we're growing, we're doubling year over year right now. And we're seeing great response in the marketplace for a high value product that isn't, you know, isn't meant to just be thrown out. Uh, this is with our gloves that I'm, I'm speaking to. Um, and, the the our Achilles heel is is skilled workforce. So we are working with you know other businesses, um, other cut and sew operations around the country. Um, New Americans, uh, you know, Voba has been a huge help on this in terms of trying to develop a um, pipeline for for workforce and developing a textile school has been my vision. Um, we're trying, I've got a few models, um, in other places in the country that have, that have done it successfully. And we'd like to bring that back into the fold in Vermont and, you know, Vermont's at, well, was at full employment before the pandemic, um, really hit home here, but that I, I presume we're going to get back there. And, you know, it, our main thing is helping people understand that products can be made, um, at livable wages and they can be considered um, meaningful careers. You know, it does not have to always be the CEO is getting rich off the sweat equity of employees. And um, so that, you know, and, and I'm not suggesting that uh, people who don't manufacture domestically are, are bad people in, in any sense. You know, some of the best sellers in the world are in other other countries that there's there's nothing no i've got no qualms with that um but the whole reason we want to grow as a business is to affect people's lives in a meaningful way right here in randolph vermont so that means developing labor and being as forward-thinking and socially responsible as possible to create an environment that people really want to be a part of that's great well we might have a we might have a whole bunch of new workers when all the people move here from the city. So we'll see if we can. <laughs> well, I've been getting ready for that from climate and from uh, climate <laughs> refugees already, but um, now we're going to have health crisis refugees as well. Uh, yeah, uh, I think they're here. Vermont's positioned well um, on on the back end of this thing to uh, to 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 really move forward on a, on a lot of fronts, um, provided that our infrastructure can handle it. So, totally. um, yeah, I think there's obviously going to, we'll have to be very, um, sensitive as to how that all gets managed. And, uh, you know, it, it's at, it's when, uh, lots of people start moving in one direction or another is when you, 
you you need conversations around Act 250 and, uh, and important things like that to 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 be at the forefront. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, Sam, hey, thank you so much. I uh, I really appreciate all that you're doing, and you know you know let us know if there's anything we can do, and just happy to help get the word out a little bit, and uh, you know get some more attention for Vermont Club and what you guys are doing over there. Hey, thanks a lot, Drew. I appreciate uh, spending some time with you here, and this has been a fun, fun little thing that you're doing. Um, and stay healthy and stay safe. Um, and I can't wait to catch up uh, when we can see each other again. I know, on the other side. All right, man. Great to talk to you. Hey, take care. Thanks.